Now premiering on the Studio DNA Network, Sif Pop Writers Room, a new show consisting of the writers of SifPop.com. On a rotating basis, we'll be discussing some classic movies we're watching for the first time, some comic book movies, some nostalgic movies, and what TV shows we're currently watching. But each week, we'll also be taking a look at the movies that are coming out soon and give our thoughts on how we think they will turn out. If you love movies, Sif Pop Writers Room is the place to be. So come on in and we will pull up a chair for you. Welcome, everybody, to episode 50 of Disney Plus Reviews. 50 episodes. This is a good round number for, for today's episode. Um, I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Grant, the Tuscan Raider Youngsma. Uh, hello, Grant. Say something. Hello, so, Phil. So they know your voice. Uh, we've also got a guest on the show this week, Jake the Marshall Wilburn. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I am truly blessed to be here. Thanks for having me on, Phil. We're blessed to have you. Um, we've talked about this for months uh, about like having you on the show just for uh, an episode and then when uh mandalorian came around for season two we're just like okay this is it this this is uh definitely the time to have you on so i love me some star wars so when you're like hey we're gonna start doing the mandalorian again or at least pieces of it i was like please (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we uh, kind of tentatively what we talked about uh you know no no promises things change plans change but uh we'd like to have jake on again at least for the season finale and then maybe also a, a middle episode as well that we'll pick um so um we i i would love to have a guest every week and i'm going to reach out to some of our other guests that we've had on the show um you know jerry and some other people whatever that that might might be interested in in coming on um because i think mandalorian time is like it's super bowl time for disney plus like everyone gets really excited about it so uh we already have a guest for next week and it's a guest that a lot of people are going to know if you've been listening to the podcast and that is jack alterman jack is going to come on the show as a guest uh kind of weird to say it that way but um so uh it'll be a three-piece again next week and then hopefully we can keep that keep that going so i'm good to have jake on this week um if you're just joining us for this podcast we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, and very little on Disney Plus is more popular than The Mandalorian, so um, that this is a, a big, the next eight weeks is going to be kind of banner episodes for us. Um, uh, we're going to tune tune into every episode over the next couple months, we're going to cover every episode of The Mandalorian. So um, this today's episode is all Mandalorian, the entire episode is about it. Uh, going forward, we'll probably do half and half, so uh, the middle episodes will be half Mandalorian and half a movie or something else we want to talk about that week, um, except for the finale. So the season finale will be all Mandalorian that entire episode. So uh, tune in um, every week so that you can kind of get your Mandalorian talk. Uh, but before we get into Mandalorian, I wanted to we've been doing this kind of news segment over the last month or so, and I looked I I scoured the internet for uh, news about Disney Plus this week. I could not find anything that came out uh, in the last week. Obviously, the big thing that everyone's talking about is Mandalorian is back, um, and so but we're gonna have a whole episode about that. So. 
Um, I dug deep into like previous news about things that maybe we haven't covered uh, on the show or haven't talked about at all. And there's one news item that came out from about a month ago or late September. They released a new feature and Grant and I haven't had a chance to talk about it. And I wanted to um, chat about it with Jake as well. If, if um, I mean, I don't think any of us have probably used it, uh, but we can kind of talk about what the implications of it. But uh, it's called Group Watch. Um, it's a, a new feature that Disney Plus um, added, uh, like I said, about a month ago. Um, I've not used it, but essentially it is a service that you may have seen in other, um, I don't know if, if other streaming services have this or not. I, I know you can do this with, um, is it YouTube? I think YouTube TV has this. Yes. Um, and then maybe a couple other features, uh, another streaming service has this, but um, basically it allows you to watch a Disney Plus um, episode, movie, whatever, uh, with loved ones, friends, uh, at, at distance. So Long lost cousins. Yeah, yeah, you know, the people you haven't talked to and don't want to talk to or, exactly. or ever see in person. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, um, feasibly, I, I'm assuming this works for all the content. Um, I haven't looked super into it, but um, that the just about anything, maybe everything on the service, you could invite someone that also, of course, they also have to have Disney Plus. That's a big thing. <laughs> uh, but if they have a Disney Plus account, uh, you can invite their account, your you know your friends, to come watch something with you. And then you are like the host of it. It's kind of like a like a Zoom meeting type thing. And you uh, you host it. You press play and it starts for them and everything's in sync. So then you could be on the phone with them or you know uh, chat with your. There's no chat option like in the Disney Plus app, but like you can text back and forth. Oh, I can't believe he just did that or whatever. Like you're basically watching a movie but not in the same room. So what do so, you guys think of this? So if you pause it to go to the bathroom, it pauses it for everybody. Yeah, yes. I, it keeps everything in sync. Like, as long as you're the leader. So you're going to have to tell your Aunt Tilly to hold it till <laughs> yeah. the end. We're not pausing this. Yeah, what, we, what, what we are saying? watching Endgame till the end. There are no pauses, <laughs> no drink breaks. This is the hardcore. We're hardcore <laughs> mode now. Um is uh, a is this a feature that you guys would ever use? Like, do you have reason to use it? Um, uh, Grant, your family just moved from uh, South Dakota all the way here, so like yep. you may not. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, is a feature you might have used, yeah, previously, but maybe yeah. not anymore. But yeah, I I think it's a cool idea for sure, and I think that it's an idea that podcasts might actually use as well. Yeah, because I mean, you literally could just. If you had listeners that wanted to follow along with the podcast, you could do a live episode yeah. of something. And I, maybe I, we will do something like that. I would love to. I, I actually did look into that already because I, I was like, I had the same idea that you had. I was, I was just like, wow, that'd be kind of cool to like invite you know listeners of the show to watch something with us as we're watching it. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I could sync up, and then we could have uh, um, other people join in. Um, there is a limitation. Uh, okay. That I did find, um, and that is that you can invite up to seven people. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it would have to be like the f- you know first seven that get a hold of us or whatever. But um, that would be kind of fun. Uh, maybe for the I like I'm kind of honestly thinking about it for the finale, like the yeah the Mandalorian finale. Um, I'm not sure in the calendar when that comes up. I feel like it might be Christmas. I but. think it's the week before Christmas. <laughs> okay, December 18, I believe. The Friday the before. Yes. Okay. So with that, we probably could pull that off. So um, I, I think group watch would be kind of fun. Um, 
for that episode. Um, Jake, is this something you would utilize? Or? Yeah, I'm probably going to try it, actually. My brother and his wife live in California, which is a much more uh, closed-down state right now than where we are in the Midwest, and so they've been feeling kind of isolated, and Star Wars is something that we share in common. So, yeah, I mean, I could see myself watching an episode or two for the first time trying to sync up with them. I, I think it's a good idea, especially I think it's in part a reaction to the pandemic and people feeling more isolated and not feeling comfortable inviting people over to watch yeah. their huge TVs and whatever. So, I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, there, I don't see any cons to this at all. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. yeah no, you're right. I think, I think, uh, releasing this feature during a pandemic is a huge move yeah. for them. So, um, if you're, if you're interested in using it, um, I'll just kind of go over the steps. It's really easy. Actually. Um, you, uh, find the title that you want to watch. Um, there's uh, now a group watch icon that looks like three people in a circle uh, kind of thing. Um, you press the invite button to generate a link and then you just, you know, type the name of your friend and share it with them. Um, to join, it's just all that in reverse. So you go to the, you have, you still have to pull up the title. Like you have to know like what to yeah. search for. So you search end game or whatever and, uh, pull it up and then same thing you'll see the group watch icon except for you it'll say join stream and then you just click on that and then you're in and then basically you're at the mercy of the host to like yeah. start it you know at that point so um oh no i lost my internet <laughs> connection <laughs> yeah. oh sorry guys <laughs> it's over so yeah it, it looks pretty cool so um yeah uh, keep that in mind as as you want to watch stuff with friends it's it's easier than ever to to sync up and do that um and uh, you can have um, individual people from the same Disney Plus account join. So, like, um, if you have, like, your kids are on one account and you're on another account and you don't want to watch in the same room because you hate your kids, uh, you could, like, invite your kids and they could watch it in their room and you could watch it in your Well, that's room. good because me and my next door neighbors share an account that we jointly paid <laughs> <There you> for. <laughs> so, we can, I guess we can watch it with them, too. Yeah, you, you can do it that way, too. A jointly paid. Hmm. Hmm. All chipped in. <laughs> Back, well. back when it was like before it launched and it was like you pay for like three years at one pop at a discount. Yeah. And so we were like, ah, oh, we'll jump in on this. Yeah, dice it up. Phil and I have a history of syncing Sharing. up logins as well. So yeah. we can't really scold you. Right. <laughs> there's, all, there's only 200, no there's a 200 text limit between the two of you for your <laughs> phone plan. So cool. Well, that, that's it for the news. I, I, and that's kind of old news. I mean, I'm probably a lot of people listening to the show are like, uh, I've known about this for a month. Why are you guys talking about this? Well, we've never talked about it on the show. So uh, we wanted to kind of address it and let people know about it if they didn't know yet. Well, it's Mandalorian time, guys. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, season two, episode one, The Marshal just came out. The wait is finally over. It's been 10 months. Um, and we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Disney Plus, of course, um, first episode dropped pretty much the same week as Disney Plus uh, in November. Uh, we're getting it a little earlier this year. It, you know, Next came out. week, right? Isn't that the one year? Um, like the 13th or something That like sounds that. right. Yeah, a couple weeks from now. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, it came out the day before Halloween this year, and I couldn't have been more excited to watch it. So, um, Grant, before we get into episode one, season two, tell yeah. us about your. We we've, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks on the on the podcast, so listeners of the podcast will know. But um, you basically binge season one this yeah. week. So um, back when Disney Plus released last year, um, Caitlin and I, Caitlin didn't really have much interest in watching Mandalorian, so I kind of watched an episode here and there, and I watched the first four episodes. But then Caitlin really got hooked on Star Wars, and we watched every single movie, and including 
Solo, Rogue One, and those other ones as well. So then the only thing left really outside of Clone Wars, which we'll probably not watch, but um, the only other thing was Mandalorian. And Caitlin was like, okay, I'll watch it with you. So we literally, starting on Sunday, and we're recording on Saturday, uh, it literally, we went from Sunday to Wednesday, and we watched all eight episodes. Nice. So this is really fresh in my mind, and we'll talk about in a little while how episode one was good of season two, but it was kind of a letdown coming off of other previous episodes oh, that we had seen if this you, week if you like just a few days ago watched the season finale yeah. of season one which was a a monster Amazing. episode I mean, that, that episode is so huge uh, everything that happens that um i could definitely see how this one would be a little bit okay like it's yeah. it's de- definitely like a stepping down from the, the yeah. season finale um the 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 two I mean, the last two episodes of season one were so both of them oh, yeah. in tandem are just powerful. Um, that but that episode one of season one blew me away because no one knew what to expect. We saw a couple trailers, we heard a couple interviews, we didn't really know what was going on. Season uh, season one episode one drops, and you're learning about the child. You're learning about um, you know this faction that wants the child. You're yeah. learning about bounty hunters. You, you know you're you're being introduced to all these new characters and. I, I going into season two, I was like, can can they duplicate that? Like that kind of fervor, that kind of like, like here's a dump of information. And I was like, no, they can't. They can't duplicate it because we already know Mando, we Dinjar, Din we all we already know these other Cara Dune and Grief Cargo. We already know these guys. So when they throw these guys back into the episode, um, we're not we're not you know we can't be reintroduced to these people with the same kind of excitement. So I was already kind of you know ready for that, and then. As far as action goes, there were some really cool action scenes in this first episode, um, <clears throat> but there wasn't like a lot of um, drama. Like it's it's um, you know people versus a monster basically. So there's not there's some drama in with factions. We'll get into it, but um, it's not uh, the, the the last couple episodes of season one were so like powerful. Oh, so yeah. um, <clears throat> I watched a brief like recap video. It's like a 12 minute video I found on on IGN. Um, did you do any Jake? Did you do any prep? Yeah, I I watched the same video that you oh, watched. Oh, okay. Yeah, the IGN review. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. I watched the same one. Yeah. Yeah, they it, they have to run through it so fast. Like they, he's literally talking at like lightning speed right. just to get through it. Like they went through the entire first season in twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was, but it was really good. Like it reminded me of some. I had forgotten a couple of things that had happened in it. Some of the the lesser scenes, but, um, yeah, the the first season was so um powerful like it it brought back that grandeur to me that going into season two i really needed kind of that recap so um i guess we should say we we've, we've already kind of talked about the episode a little bit but we are going to spoil this episode so <laughs> like um if you're looking for like a review on the episode um this probably isn't the podcast for you i sorry i um just i mean it's it is a longer episode. It's 55 minutes. But if you have time to watch it and then just you know hit pause on the podcast now, go watch the episode and come back because um, we're going to get into like <clears throat> all the details on the episode and I don't want to like spoil anything for anybody. I'll, so. keep, I'll keep my stuff spoiler free. So if you just want to like do the skip button through them <laughs> and then if you just listen to me, I won't spoil anything. Is that fair? Okay, like, sure. That way, okay. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that okay. might be really hard to listen to. But <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. But Phil and I enjoy spoiling the crap out of things. Yes, so. we do every week on the show. So, uh, okay, so enter, entering spoiler territory, we're going to go through all the details. Um, 
what what's your before we get into like scenes and you know favorite scenes and lines and stuff like that um what what's kind of your overall feelings on the episode um uh i i guess grant's been talking quite a bit let's let's start with you jake yeah this is uh Probably one of my favorite episodes. Okay. I really cool. liked it. I, I almost, uh, the most recent that I watched through the first season for the second time was back in July. So like you said, some of it isn't quite as fresh, but I absolutely loved this episode. Cool. So I am not like, even with the sequels and stuff, I know a lot of people didn't really like them. I, I'm okay. If it's Star Wars, it's Star Wars. And as yeah. long as you're not just going totally off the deep end, like I'm probably going to be at least okay with it. And this, even more so than the sequels, it still feels like Star Wars, right? And so I I get all those same, like, warm, fuzzy feelings watching this. This episode uh, felt like a spaghetti western, as several of the Mandalorian episodes have. And uh, I'll probably get into that, the reason why that is a little bit later, kind of when we talk about the structure of the episode. But there was the the monster in the episode felt vi- like a an actual threat like this I'm like this thing is huge it is eating sand people like crazy is this, uh, I you know I was really unclear whether or not the martial guy was going to survive and here's where I really judge like an enjoyment of Star Wars yeah and one of the reasons why I'm not as hard on like the last Jedi as other people are I'm watching Star Wars it, it feels enough like Star Wars I'm in that universe we're expanding the lore a little bit and then something happens that make me that just gives me a feeling inside that goes ooh whoa like what mm, like what's up with <laughs> this like I don't quite understand what's going on and in this episode when the dude walks in in Boba Fett's armor right and you see him yes. in the doorway and you're like oh that's oh wait it wait that doesn't that fr- that doesn't look right like that's probably not like who and your mind's like racing right with like right. what is going on who is this what's about to happen you know and that is the feeling that I really, really love. And mixed with joy, like when you see the dude, uh, instead of a speeder, he's riding like a piece of a pod racer. Yeah, so cool. And, right, so that's awesome. I've always been really interested in the Sand People. I think those are great characters. And, of course, very heavily featured in this episode with a monster that I'm like, how, what kind of plan are they going to come up with to kill this? I mean, this is like... Bigger than a rancor in Jabba's palace, like this isn't. Ju- this is big, way more intimidating than the Mudhorn from the first season. Oh yeah, they, they ramped it up, big right? Time. And I'm just like that monster was a awesome monster. So you had uh, some great characters, an intimidating monster, some whoa, what? Ooh, what's up with this moment? It's like so, when I judge, the, I'm going to judge the episode less harshly on well let's compare it to like the the structure and some of the cool things because there's a lot of great things that happened last season yeah i'm judging this on what was going on inside of me physiologically while i'm watching this episode at what points did i just have really just feelings of anticipation and like joyous confusion and even suspense because this episode had like a tremors vibe to it of the monster yeah, and I'm like dude yeah. how many more sand people is he, is he going to just eat the whole village and yeah. Mando's the only like I honestly didn't know how much destruction this thing was going to cause I thought it was fantastic I really and and I was hoping um because I've been reading all of the rumors and everything I was like I don't I want this show to stay in territory where non-Star Wars people can still watch it and understand what's going on yeah. and after reading some of the rumors about what's going to happen this season I was like man I hope that they don't just dive headfirst into like 
you know, nerd territory. We're lore. No, yeah. into lore. And so when this episode kind of took a more like, like you said, Grant, okay, this could have been something that was almost like mid-season. I was kind of thankful for that because now I'm like, all right, this, this show is going to have a slow burn mm. going towards the mid-season and the finale, and it didn't just start right off trying to be bigger than the season finale from from the first season. So I thought it was I thought it was perfect. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that I agree with almost everything you said. So, um yeah, that's that's aw- that's awesome. Um uh Grant, what's what's your, kind of your general thoughts on then I'll give mine real quick and then I, I after we kind of give our general thoughts, I want to go str- I want to I I'm so tempted to like like jump off of what so some of the things that he said. Like I want to talk about the crate dragon a lot cuz I think that's a really important uh monster for Star Wars universe but yeah um go, go ahead grant um so for me um i feel like i'm judging it a little bit harsher because season one is so fresh in my mind yeah you literally just so, watched it um i literally watched the season finale on wednesday which in my opinion the season finale is the best episode that they've had yeah in the show the nine episodes the finale is my favorite episode by far yeah and so this one, it started out really good. I loved the Gore Koresh. If I butcher some of these names, I apologize. No, I think that's but, it. Uh, I really liked how it was going, and um, I love the scenes where the mechanics in it. Um, she brings great humor. Yeah. And is it Peli Mato? Is that yeah her name? Yeah. Okay. You're doing great. So, Okay. Yeah, I didn't even know. I'm like, wow, are so, you, you're not even referencing, you're not even looking this up. Yeah, so I love scenes with her in it. I think she brings great humor to it. She's I'm, so funny. Yeah. Um, like when she talks about that if uh, the child ever <laughs> has an offspring or something, that she'll pay so much money for it. And so, um, and then the crate what's it called dragon the crate dragon um i think that was awesome too but um the thing it was kind of missing for me was that like aha moment where oh my gosh this is really happening Mm -hmm. one one of those moments that i mean i kind of we watch a lot of tv caitlin and i and we watch a lot of different shows and something that we always look for in the premiere is something that's going to drag us in for the whole season. Oh yeah. And like, you know exactly where it's headed, which, um, Caitlin actually fell asleep during this episode. So, (laughs) um, I'll just speak from mine, but, um, there really wasn't that moment. Like, uh, the Boba Fett, uh, Boba Fett, um, moment. I didn't really realize that until, um, I had read about it after the episode, right. so maybe that would have been more of a oh my gosh, they're bringing him back. I, I would. Can I interject? Yeah. I, I I would think probably maybe maybe most. I, I I would say a lot of viewers, and maybe most viewers wouldn't necessarily have, have jumped on it right away either. Yeah. I because you have to know that actor. Um, and he he it's the same actor that was in the prequel movies, but mm-hmm. um, I would. People haven't seen those movies in a long time, and he's aged obviously quite a bit since then. So, um, I mean, I recognized him, and and one other person that I was watching it with did, but then there were like three others that didn't recognize him. Yeah. So, I watched this in a group. So, so it was kind of a letdown for me, but I think it was more. I think I would have been more excited 
if I would have watched season one a lot farther back than yeah. just this week. So I think they did such a good job in season one. And with that being so fresh in my mind, I feel like this episode felt more like a mid-middle episode that yeah. we got in season one. Yeah. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to probably come in about maybe like right in the middle of, of you guys. Like I, cause I, I kind of actually understand both sides. Like, um, so, uh, I did feel like it was a kind of a middle episode. I watching the recap, the IGN recap, I was like, um, you know, there's that episode in season one where they have to like, uh, storm this like, um, a ship, like whatever to, to free prisoner type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another episode where they, they go down uh, to the planet. He meets, uh, Cara Dune and they have to defend the village against this ATST. Right. Yeah. It felt like one of those episodes. Now that said, the ATST episode is one of my favorite episodes from season one. Uh, I love, love that episode. Huh. Um, and it has nothing, that episode has nothing to do with a child almost uh it has nothing to do with the bounty hunts or what's going on in the overall plot but i love atst so much like that was like, like that was like the pinnacle thing for me as a kid i loved the walkers huh. and so to see a walker come back post-war i mean i was i was freaking out as i was watching that episode that was a huge episode for me so um so take that you know, for what it is, this episode felt like that episode, but I loved that episode. So I, I agree with you, Jake, as far as like, um, that, that I loved watching this episode because I like those kinds of episodes that said, I could see how some people could definitely be let down. I mean, let's be, let's be clear. There's no Cara Dune. There's no grief Karga. There's no, um, droid uh to speak of there's a couple little cameo droids here and there we'll talk we'll talk about those little geeky uh geeky uh easter eggs um there's no like ig11 or like someone that's coming into like you know kick button take names big baddie uh, moff gideon's not in it yeah Ma- moff gideon's not there um the child is there but doesn't exhibit any powers not that i saw um and so it, it's he's mostly there just for like the you know, season one, you know, uh, sipping, sipping the soup type. Of, it's like those little like, Oh, cute. You know, laugh at the, at the, at the child type of things. But, um, certainly not the, any kind of information about him. Like we got with the first episode of season one. Um, so if you were looking, if you were coming to the table to get that kind of feast, you didn't get it with this episode. Um, that said, um, the spaghetti Western, the, um, the little nods, the fact that the entire episode, for the most part, there's that brief episode at the beginning, but mo- the maj- vast majority of the episode takes place on Tatooine, which is classic Star Wars. Um, the From the set design to the costume design to, uh, like you said, the Tusken Raiders, the Sand People, um, which I want, I just want to know everything there is to know about that race. Like um, it, We got so much information and so much um just living in Star Wars in this episode that I came away super excited. I, I loved it. So, um, so yeah, it was definitely like if it, when the credits rolled at the end, I was like, oh, man, that was awesome, especially with the big reveal at the end. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I can't wait to see what, what, what they do with this. And then as I continued to think about it, I watched it in the morning yesterday, Friday morning, when it first released. Uh, as the day, as Friday went on into evening, I, I, I thought about all the things that were absent from the episode. And then I woke up this morning, and I was, I was like, how much, how do I feel about the episodes? And I was like, I just, I loved the episode, um, but there was just things that were not there, like that I was hoping to see. So it's, it was not a letdown for me at all. I, I loved it from beginning to end. Um, but I, uh, I definitely, 
think that they could have d- made this like a second episode or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on, on how I feel about it. So, um, but, uh, let's talk about the crate dragon. Cause I, I think that is one of the most interesting things in this episode, obviously the big bad, um, this is I had to look this up because I didn't know this this is the skeleton that exists in a new hope. Yeah. So when C three PO is like walking through the sand and, and and he goes, Oh my, or whatever, and, and sees like this massive thing, that's a crate dragon mm. dead, a dead crate dragon, the skeleton. That okay. those that skeleton that they used to the set is actually still out there in the desert. What? Yeah. It's still out there. They left it there? Yeah. Can can you go visit it? <laughs> I, if you want to go out in in the middle of the desert, sure. But yeah, it's still out there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we could fly there yeah. right now, this instant. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> let's go to Africa. It's a great idea. We're here for Star Wars. So, um, so yeah. So we've seen this this animal before. Um, I guess we call it an animal, um, and and yet not in this way, not even close. Um, is I'm going to direct this question to Jake because I, I think Jake actually probably knows more about Star Wars lore than I do. Um, is this the largest animal, living being that we've seen in Star Wars? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, I would say no because the, I don't remember what it was called, but uh, when Han Solo was doing his Kessel Run uh-huh. and he had to like cut through the middle and there's like oh, that big yeah. octopus looking oh, thing yeah. in there. That's probably the biggest like creature I can think of in the Star Wars universe. I forgot about that one. But yeah. but still, this crate dragon's pretty dang big. So when when we watched the original trilogy, we thought the largest thing that we could ever see was was a sarlacc. Um, when we see the sarlacc pet, this thing eats sarlaccs. It eats them. <laughs> so like I, I was just like when they when they they're trying to figure out the size of it and I I loved I loved the scenes where the Mandalorian was like trying to get a, a sense for like how big is this thing and they're like they make that little scale in the sand and it's like it's like what's what's that there and they're like that's that's the that's the Craig dragon what are these tiny little rocks that's us right. <laughs> he's like is this that's not the scale he's like it's just it it's the scale man and so like and like I and then what the scene plays out and I was like. They undersold it. Like, the rock should have been even tinier. Yeah. This thing is massive. Yes. And I'm like, dude, the Tuscan. Ra- I felt really bad for the Tuscan Raider that had to, like, walk up to the <laughs> tunnel and be like, and I'm like, run now. I'm like, you're waiting way too long to run until you start feeling the rumble. Those poor. Who's, like, I volunteer as tribute. I'll go yell at the crate dragon. Yeah. They're. I love how this this uh, episode or these. The, I think the whole series isn't trying to answer all your questions. It's just like this is what we're going to present to you. Yeah. And like one of the guys I was watching it with was like, "So how do you get picked to be?" And I was like, "I don't know, short straw. I don't know." <laughs> it was so funny to me though. The, the <laughs> expendable crewman, something like that. <laughs> right. The, the red shirt, lowest rank. <laughs> Sorry, you've been with us the least amount of time. Seniority. Here you go. So I thought it was bad enough when it was like eating. Um, uh, oh man, I had I had the name yesterday, and I'm, I'm blanking. Bantha, Bantha, thank yeah. you. Um, eating banthas for breakfast. I mean, just I mean, it's a snack. Uh, a, ban- a huge bantha is a snack. Um, and you know, talking about how they have to feed it, like they're like they're like literally like presenting. Talk about tribute. They're bringing as tribute these banthas to like to to like basically like pacify it, like to keep it sleeping. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, that's bad enough. Then they fight the thing, and it starts spraying acid oh i know out of its mouth and it's drenching these guys and at first i was just like oh that's icky like they'll just have to like shake it off but then like one of the guys goes i think that's acid like i think it's killing them yeah 
and it burrows through a mountain to go to the top of the mountain to spray. The, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. This thing's the real deal. <laughs> it's not just its size, but the fact that it travels under a surface that you can't penetrate. Like it's, it exists. It travels underground so and like, quickly. Yeah, and how are you going to fight something that? Yeah, it like almost never comes up to the surface. So, I like I was with you. Like at the beginning of the episode, it was like. They're they're not going to be able to take this thing down. Something's going to happen. Like, how how is this even possible? So, um, I guess we we could talk. Any thing to add about that that final? We're kind of starting at the end and <laughs> going backwards, I guess. But that final fight scene. Um, obviously, there's there's the explosives that they plant in the ground, um, which doesn't really work. No. Well, <laughs> which yeah, is they, crazy. They and they they had to like, um, they're. Uh, it, there's a lot. I mean, we're going to mention Spaghetti Western a lot in this episode. Yeah. Um, but like um, Mandalorian's kind of doing that that Western type of thing. Like, you know, um, hold your fire, hold your, I guess you could say Civil War stuff too, but like, hold your fire, hold your fire. Don't, you know, wait, 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 Until wait Until you it. see the whites of their yeah. eyes. <laughs> and then, no, and then they blow it and you're like, okay, you know, but like as a Star Wars or even just a fan of just cinema in general, you're like, that thing's not dead. Like, there's no it's, way. It's not going to work. <laughs> It never works. Even, even I think it's it's either um, I'll, I'll call him Mando for sure. I, we all know his name is Din Djarin, but um, like it's either Mando or the uh, the Marshal that says, um, "Is it dead?" I think it's Mando. Is like he's like he's not so sure <laughs> that that, that, yeah, that like, nope that plane actually worked. So, um, uh, Jake, do you want to talk about like how they actually do take it down? I think yeah. that's so powerful. Yeah, so he's like, well, all right, time for a new plan. And so they take an out another one of these Bantha baits that's packed with explosives, and he lets him eat it. <laughs> of course, escaping uh, through being on the inside, which I think is kind of a nod <laughs> to the whole, you know, Boba Fett getting eaten and being yes. in the belly, and then escaping, which obviously Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit somehow. Uh, which I'm assuming we'll find out at some point, but um, it, it it was a parallel there that was not lost on me. But it was a it was a pretty cool way to kill the the creature, R.I.P. Banthas, because man, several of those. My I watched it with my eight year old daughter, and she's like, "It died, didn't it?" <laughs> like, yeah, the Banthas. Sorry, you did you did you it want there. it to live? <laughs> not the not the monster, the Bantha. Like oh, they gotcha. ki- yeah, the Bantha with all the explosives on yeah. it. It's like it, man, that it went creature. to Bantha heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did. It's okay. <laughs> All Banthas go to heaven. <laughs> Coming to NBC this fall. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> hotly anticipated movie. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> the the fact that they exploded from the inside, I think, was like it's cool, awesome, and and the fact that he like like basically gets jettisoned out of it, like from I'm assuming he's got a jetpack, but. I mean, the explosion itself is propelling them. It outside. was a cool sequence. It was cool. It to was watch. a really cool, and that whole—I mean, that whole thing was just a really cool. And that's one of the reasons why I liked the episode is I felt there was tension. Like, obviously, I knew Mando was not going to die, you know, but I didn't know if the marshal was going to die or not, yeah. or, or how many casualties there were going to be among the sand people and the villagers. And I'm just like, this monster is scary, dude. Yeah. I I thought I, I thought it was pretty tense. They did a good job building it up. It wasn't just some you know, ugly alien that they had, like, this, I felt that this was an ominous monster, and I I thought they did a great job at building that, even though it's just a worm, really, it's just a big worm, so it's not like they created some, you know, new concept of a creature with these, like, special powers that we've just never heard of and blew our minds, it's just a big, you know, acid breath worm, 
but they did a great job of like setting it up to be this ominous thing and I thought it was great. It, it's got to be the largest animal being whatever like living being that um someone's ever had to fight in a Star Wars yeah. movie. Um, or anything Star Wars. So um, I, 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 I want to qualify that and say, I, you know, I haven't watched everything Star Wars. Like I haven't seen the, the Rebels show at all or whatever. Um, even in the Clone Wars um, television show, like the se- seven seasons of Clone Wars, which I have seen all those episodes, I, there may be something that's like really massive, but I don't remember no, anything that like big. That, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, let's talk about the, so they go to Tatooine and, you know, I, I'm just assuming, everyone's assuming it's just going to be Moss Eisley. Like that's all we've pretty much ever seen of, t- of Tatooine. Um, I guess we've seen Moss, have we seen Moss Espa a little bit? Yeah. Um, one of those towns is the town where Anakin grew up right, in. Okay. I don't remember okay. which one. Um, and then another one, but all of those towns have been mentioned before somewhere in lore. Yeah. Okay. So is Mos Espa where the, the pod races? Were? Yeah, I think that that's where they went in episode okay. one. Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. So, okay, so we've mostly seen Mos Eisley uh, for the most part, and then we've seen a little bit of Mos Espa. Um, but this other town, like, I it's I guess it's never been... No, and they were like, there's not even anything on the map here. I don't even yeah. see And they're like, man, it's just a blip on... I mean, you're going to have to just go there and hope it's still there. Like, nobody even knows. It used to be this, like, mining settlement. Like, they were mining yep. the, the ground for these crystals or whatever. And, um, it, you know, it, the we get to see the entire history through flashbacks. Like, when we finally meet the marshal. Right. Um, which I can't remember his name, but um, he uh, basically kind of, I mean, there aren't a lot of flashbacks in Star Wars. Like that's yeah. that's not a um, a storytelling device that they use very much, but I thought it really worked here because um, he's literally just meeting someone for the first time and saying, how did, how did you guys get to this? Like, like yeah. where it's like basically a ghost town. It's, Again, very spaghetti western. You know, you can see the tumbleweed rolling. In the, in right. The, in the, as, the he, as he as he goes slowly down Main Street <laughs> yeah. of this desert down. Yeah. Um, and like literally walks into the saloon, which is yep. the first place everyone goes when they go into a, a ghost uh, town. And um, you know, the marshal's buys sitting at the yeah buys a drink. The marshal's sitting. There. It's all stuff you've seen before, but not in Star Wars, not to yeah. this manner. And so um, it was really cool to watch all that. And then you know they got kind of almost go to blows at, at one point. There it looks like they're literally going to have like like a showdown. And um, then th- basically he you know he says you know think you know I see you got some armor there. I'll take that please. And then um, he says you're not taking my armor, and here's why. And kind of goes into the history of it. Um, uh, what were some like key moments that you, you guys liked from like the the flashback stuff? Because I thought there was like for Star Wars fans, there was a lot of like gritty, like really cool stuff in there. I love any scene where the Jawa are in it. Oh yeah. So um, Caitlin uh, likes to refer to the Jawas as minions because <laughs> I can see they that. basically sound like minions. But yeah. uh, um, any scene with them in it, I'm tuned in. I I love the Jawa. <laughs> uh, I thought it was really cool where you see, obviously the explosion of both Death Stars is like a tremendous event in the galaxy. And I, when watching the original trilogy, even as a kid, and then even when they redid it, and George Lucas put in all these extra scenes where it shows people all around the galaxy celebrating that the Empire is you know done or whatever. Mm. And even back then I was like, okay, but now what? And the the now what stuff still really wasn't answered in the sequel trilogy. It's like, oh well, now the first order exists, 
And it's like, okay, great. But like, what, yeah. how did that work out? Like, There's a lot in there. And I, right. And I'm, and that's why <laughs> I like that where the Mandalorian is set, right? In between episodes six and seven. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the Empire's just this big evil Nazi kind of thing. And when you get real deep into the lore, a lot of planets were like, we're thankful for the Empire because before this, we were run by like crime lords or whatever. And yeah, we have a few stormtroopers in our town, but like they keep law and order and whatever. And I, I, I've always kind of thought that other perspective is fascinating when there, because it's like there are people that supported the Empire and like they wanted that. They didn't want yeah. the New Republic to come because the galaxy was going to fall into chaos, which it has. And so to see this this real impact where they're like watching the Death Star explode kind of on their little hologram thing and then like within minutes this you know this guild comes in and is like well Empire's gone we're in charge now sucks for you yeah and just to you know that kind of almost just goes away in a blip like it's just a mention but that piece always really fascinated me to be like okay well in the absence of the Empire, before the New Republic can build, and they hit on that in season one a little mm. bit, where you know they're like, "Well, oh, go report it to the New Republic," and Din Djarin's like, "Why? Like, yeah. doesn't gonna do anything? Don't have any power? Nothing's <laughs> going on with them." Um, so I, I really liked that part of the um, that part of, it. and of course, seeing Boba Fett's armor in the big uh, Jawa vehicle <laughs> and being like, "Oh, okay, they, of course those Jawas would they find a way to get that stuff? It's Beskar, so you know." But yeah, I, I th- that was one of the more valuable parts to me as far as lore building in the uh, in the episode. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see um, it just on like the like the hollow TV or mm-hmm. whatever that yeah. they're all watching in the bar. Like, like yay! Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know it happens you know really fast in this because I mean obviously they have to get to the story right. pretty quick. But um, but uh, yeah, it was it was interesting to see that dichotomy between. Um, man, the empire really sucks, you know, for, you know, everyone that's like, you know, doesn't want to be controlled, but it's really great for people that love all the, you know, like you said, law and order control that, that comes with the empire and then they're just gone. And now like literally this town is left to fend for themselves. There's no one to protect them anymore. Yeah. They trade one oppressor for another. Yeah. And then, so yeah, the marshal has to get the armor and then comes back and basically runs the guild, the mining guild off. Yeah. So the town could fend for themselves, but now they're in a position where, they have to literally fend off every threat, and now there's a monster. So yeah. great, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, lo- it, I love how he—he—I he, don't know if he stole those crystals out of that bag from. Yeah, he did. Okay, so he took them from the people that were the yes, um, the, the mining guild people. Yeah, yes. So, um, so yeah, he takes he steals some of their riches and then uses that like almost dies in the desert and then uses that to buy the Beskar armor, which is we'll talk a lot about um, Boba Fett here, but in a little bit, but. Um, gets that armor, and then that armor basically becomes the catalyst for him to even set himself up as the marshal of this of this you know western town. Um, they they sh- show him coming in. The bar is full of goons, and he's able to take them out just because he's not able to be shot. Which yeah. I did think it's funny. He's like his arms are exposed, and his like like his belly is exposed. His legs have no armor on. on them. It's like that's a good thing they didn't shoot him in the leg and the arm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, just but, go with it, Phil. Yeah, just go I'm, with I'm it. Going with it, it. If we've learned anything from Star Wars, <laughs> the enemy has a terrible shot. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, the it good, won't work anyways. The, the good Phil. guys always hit, and the bad guys never do. Um, so yeah, he um, you know is able to t- take them all out, and then basically, basically they're afraid to attack or or try to take over this village because he's there and ha- he has this armor that's impenetrable. And obviously, there's been a lot that's been said about Beskar uh, since season one. So. Um, 
yeah, and then obviously, like you see those colors, you just and the helmet and the uh, jetpack that has the missile on the back. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go! This is awesome. Like it's it's Boba Fett all over again, but it doesn't look like Boba Fett. Like he's not fully armored. He's it's like he's a he's a poser Boba Fett. Yeah, it just basically. doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was cool to to see all that, and then um, yeah, basically just see see him as like, okay, this guy's not. At first, you're like, okay, this guy's the villain. He's the one that's gonna that's standing in the way. First of all, we didn't even mention this. He goes looking for this guy because he thinks he's a Mandalorian. <laughs> he's looking for people that are of his of yeah, his race. And like the only rumor he's got is that there's a Mandalorian supposedly somewhere on Tatooine. Tatooine. That's all. It's like this thread of information that he has, and that's all he's got to go on. And it, yeah, it just turns out to be a dude wearing Boba Fett's helmet. Yeah, they they he's going off the information that he's been given, which is there's a guy wearing Mandalorian armor. Yeah, and so yeah, he finds him. He takes the helmet off. and He's like, wait, you're not a Mandalorian. <laughs> and so basically, I mean, that's going to be the end of the story if if things go his way at that point like he's gonna say i'm taking that armor and i'm leaving and i'm gonna go find i'm gonna fly off to some other planet but then ends up feeling compelled to stay because he works at a deal to get the armor obviously is first and foremost but also because um there's i mean he's literally about to shoot him in the leg or chat wherever he can find him you know find a place to shoot him when the that uh Kray dragon actually attacks the town and so then he's that he sees that as his motivation of like okay I'll help you guys. We'll take this thing down, but I'm, I'm leaving with that armor. Um, so yeah, I thought that all that was pretty cool. Um, let's talk about the, the, uh, Tuscan Raiders, the sand people and the, the villager. Oh, we'll just call them the villagers, I guess the Mos Pelgoans, the villagers. Sure. sure. Um, Mos Pelgo is the name of the town. Um, so, uh, they hate each other, obviously. Yep. Um, I read, I stole this, so I, I didn't come up with this, um, idea, but I, I read an article on, on vulture.com, uh, that describes the Tuscan Raiders as the Native Americans in this. Yes. Um, okay. Western if we're looking story. at it as spaghetti Western, they're the natives. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're the natives that basically were like, you know, humans. I don't. I never know what to call that. Are they called humans? Tuscan Raiders. And like the people that look like us in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, they're humans. Okay. Yeah. So the the humans that come in and um, like set up Mos Eisley, Mos Espa, and Mos Pelgo, like are basically seen as the ones that stole their land. Like in this. I mean, to make the analogy succinct, right? Right. So, um, so they obviously, we, here's what, here's what Mandalorian is trying to do. It, it, they're trying to, and I like what they're doing, by the way, but they're trying to like subvert our expectations. It, when we saw the Tusken Raiders all the way back to the very first Star Wars movie, we saw them as, um, mindless numb you know numb to the world's killers. Like they, they're just, you know, they don't care about human life at all. Yeah. Uh, and then, season one happens and we're like, okay, they have their own language. Like they have sign language and they can communicate in, in various ways. They love these Bantha creatures and treat them very fondly. Like they, they have this like society that they live in. And we never like really expected that. Um, we thought they were maybe cutthroat with each other. They, they actually care for each other. And um, I thought this episode did a lot to kind of further that um, misunderstanding. I think that we've had of the Tuscan Raiders. I, li- I really liked that. But they double down on what, and what I love about how they orchestrate this in this episode is we are the villagers. Like we, as the people who are watching this episode and have watched star Wars for decades are the villagers that see them as these savages. Yeah. And they're not savages. And again, there's a lot of parallel with Westerns, but I don't know. Talk about that. Like I, I, the campfire scene from, from like where 
honestly, the marshal himself is about to throw down with these guys. He hates them. Um, and then, and then, you know, the really, I think a really funny scene where they try to get the villagers support, uh, to help him with this thing. But what, what'd you guys think about that interaction? Um, I thought that was a pretty cool part. Um, I mean, there was definitely like some parts that I probably missed. And if I went back, it, it would make a little bit more sense, but yeah. I, I just love when they're hashing out the plan. <laughs> when when we talked about that earlier, just about the size of the crate dragon. And it's just like, this thing's massive. <laughs> and then when Mando's speaking their language, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, he literally pretty much is the peacemaker. He's kind of the one that brings both sides to the table. And without him, they probably never defeat this thing well obviously they never will because he's the one that ultimately kills it but yeah. i mean i i do love how he says it, it's going to take a village to to yeah. kill this thing like um like we can't if it's just me and uh marshall and a couple tuscan raiders that this isn't going to happen so like we need everyone and i like that scene to, to as if you're comparing it to other mandalorian it reminded me of the scene on the on that planet where um where mando comes in and he's like bad news you can't live here anymore. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they're like, wait a second. No, <laughs> like this is our home. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay, all right, we can all band together and, and defeat this, uh, this Walker, this ATSD. So it's kind of like that, but, but from the flip side where they like, they don't want to help. They, they don't want to have anything to do with these Tuscan Raiders. So what do you think? Yeah, I've always been really interested in the Tuscan Raiders that like getting to know their species a little bit more. I think it would have helped if we would have saw a face, if they would have taken off all their, their like head coverings and whatever. Cause I, one of the attempt here was to kind of humanize, them a little bit yeah. I mean you know because uh, I think at least in the expanded universe they they are essentially humans underneath that oh I didn't they, know that. yeah they're not like these weird and one of them even became a Jedi in like the old like wow. EU yeah hmm. um, so I don't know if that's still you know what's canon and what's not anymore and you know so Disney could do something totally different but I was hoping by the end of the episode that's like we'd be able to see you know something under that but they've always been like you said treated like savages almost like um you know go back to episode two when of course they do terrible things to uh anakin's mother and then anakin like slaughters a bunch <laughs> of them in the village right and then he yeah. goes back and has that awkward conversation with padme where he's like i kill the women and the children and all that, <laughs> right and i'm just like I, i'm almost looking at it like you know when you're driving south and you see the signs that it's like we hate feral hogs. Kill as many as you want because they destroy everything. Just you don't need a you don't need a hunting thing. Just kill feral hogs with a with a knife. We don't care. Just kill them. Like I always, I never had that scene in episode two. Never had any impact with me where he's like, I killed all the Tuscan Raiders. I'm like, so yeah. Like they're just animals. Like they're not. They killed even, your mother. Right. They killed your mother, and they're not even. I never felt that connection with them. Yeah. Like they were. Like when droids die, I felt more like yeah. emotion about that than yeah. I did the Tusken Raiders. So I was like, okay, so this episode's going to give us a chance to kind of like humanize them a little bit more and maybe understand why the you know they are the way they are. Which still, I, I get what you're saying about the whole Native American analogy, still doesn't really excuse some of the things that they, you know, when they're just like, oh, look, a speeder, let's shoot at it for no reason <laughs> from this hill. Like, I'm still like, okay, I don't quite get, like, you're going to kill that dude and then still his speeder stuff. Well, like, it, it may, you said it right, Grant, that Mando is basically the peacemaker between these two tribes, yeah. but even he doesn't apologize for some of the stuff you're talking about either, which I like. Like, he's, yeah. he's like, yeah, these guys are, are pretty dirty. Yeah. They play pretty 
dirty, but you know, and, and then he goes on. We yeah, so. we have a common like enemy right now, and we yeah. need to you know work together. I did feel. Have you ever seen the holiday special? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> if you've seen the holiday special, you know that like the first what feels like hour is just all the Wookies going <laughs> without any subtitles, without any what. I I was starting to creep into that area a little because I was like okay, this is just a little much like. You know, a, a few times or whatever, but when they're doing the plan, I feel a little differently about the plan scene. I was like, okay, I'm done with this because all all it is is <laughs> for like ten minutes, and I'm like, I'm good, I'm done. So that's a, I, but and it made me yeah. think of that. It made me think of Itchy sitting there, you know, in his room, <laughs> like waiting for Han Solo to get there. Um, kind of the reverse engineering of our brains on on, on this race is really interesting to me. I I, I get like I said I watched it with some friends, and one of the guys said, um, probably like when they filmed A New Hope, nobody was expecting these this race of people to be anything other than well, no monsters. They didn't even think New Hope was going to be anything yeah. more than just a one off. I mean, George Lucas had these plans, but that may have not worked out. The yeah. first movie could have flopped. Um, so, you know, I, nobody was expecting that they would have like a sign language and have like a society and they're peace, you know, peace loving people. I mean, ev- almost you know? everything in Star Wars now is, is like the lore is built retroactively. Yes. You know, it's not like when they made Return of the Jedi, they're like, oh yeah, Boba Fett's dad was the model for all the clones that eventually became, I yes. didn't know any of that crap. Like it was all filled in after the fact or like. You know, we make it what we want to make it, or whatever. And I think to to me that makes this even more impressive. Like, yes. if this was always the plan to get to this episode, um, that's one thing. But you know, that's just good foresight. You sure. Know? But the fact that they didn't see any of this coming, and there's no way George Lucas knew that Man- Mandalorian would ever be a thing. So the the fact that they're able to take the unbreakable rules, like we we can't, you know, all of a sudden make the same people, people that don't attack things and people as they move across the right. desert. Like we have to, we have to stay within the confines of everything that's gone before. But at the same time, we, we want to see, can we, can we do this over here and not break the rules? And I think that kind of, that kind of mastery over Star Wars canon is so hard to pull off yes. and they just nail it every time. Yeah. And that is big credit to Dave Filoni yes. and John Favreau because Filoni, for sure. Or yeah, Dave, yeah. Dave Filoni and John Favreau, they, care so much about the lore especially dave filoni like yeah. he's all about lore and of course you watched the clone wars and how much that expanded lore but tried to like keep everything uh consistent that I, i'm not I, I can deal with it sometimes when you have some like you know wait you can just go to light speed and like ram through stuff like uh <laughs> you know some of that stuff where it's like okay if this isn't going to work in the wider canon ah, i can put up with that kind of stuff but the times when they honor it and get it right and fill in those details of, you know, background characters where you're like, oh, yeah, if you watch episode five, there was one of those species in the background <laughs> and, like, here's what they're all about. And But just even with Baby Yoda, the fact that we've had Star Wars for this many years and still know nothing about his species, yeah. like, Star Wars has a, almost an endless possibility of world-building gaps that can be filled in interesting ways. Yeah. And that's what I really like about the way that the the Mandalorian is approaching some of this stuff is like I'm getting some of those itches scratched, but it's not it's not ruining it, it's not breaking it, you know. I think it's great. 
Yeah, I would love to know, and I'm sure maybe the story's been told on an in, in an interview somewhere. But uh, I would love to know, like, who came up with the idea for for Baby Yoda? Like, um, let's say it was Filoni. Uh, Dave Filoni goes to John Favreau and is like, "I have this idea for a show. There's this child that everyone wants. Everyone's after this thing, and there's a Mandalorian that's going to protect him, and the child is a Baby Yoda. It's brilliant. Like, and, that's and, wonderful. And it's like, okay, yes." Let's make the show right now. Like, yeah. like that. That's all. That's all I need to know to make the show work. So, um, yeah, I was just amazed by uh, the stuff with the sand people, the translation, the you know, how he's translating stuff for the marshal and trying to keep like people that don't even speak the same language to work together. It's, it's it, uh, like a ma- mountainous, um, you know, thing to try to pull off, especially against such a, a, a big bad. So, um, I would literally say the whole reason. Caitlin watches this show is <laughs> Baby Yoda. Is Baby Yoda? It's a Trojan with, horse with, for non-Star Wars fans. With, without yeah. a doubt, yes. If Baby Yoda was not in this show, Caitlin would not watch. Same this thing show. for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. And you're she, absolutely right. She literally says, "Where's Baby Yoda?" <laughs> well, this episode's stupid because Baby Yoda's <laughs> not even in it. Yeah, he's he has very short little scenes here and there. Well, and that's and they have to like with this yeah. episode. He could have little. He could have been asleep in his little pod thing with the door shut. Yeah, and the episode would not have been any different. Yeah, but it's there for my eight year old daughter and my wife. Who yeah. that's what they're. Oh, it's like, yeah. But but one of my <laughs> favorite scenes in this episode, no joke, is at the beginning where Mando's about to fight Gore Koresh yeah. and all his goons, where Baby Yoda closes his pod <laughs> all by yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I know what's going on here. <laughs> let's let's go back to the beginning. So, uh, we literally have taken this episode from, from backwards. Back, back to front, but let, let's talk about the very first thing that happens. Um, and it, th- there's this... Um, it's it's a, a boxing, but with weapons. Uh, like, it's in a boxing ring. Um, and it's two Gamorreans, f- f- like pig creatures, basically, yeah. um, that are fighting it out, which that alone, like when he walks into that arena, I was like, oh, it's on, man. Like, this is so cool. I love this, like, what is almost certainly illegal, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, gambling, you know, on sports kind right. of <laughs> arena. Like, I was like, this is so cool. I love this kind of stuff. And um, walks in and um, Gorkresh, they have this quick little conversation and then Gorkresh shoots one of the contenders everyone flees and then it's just like you know Mexican standoff except that you know he's it, the man is not like doesn't have his weapons out yeah and they're just like all pointing their their guns on him and then you know it's, it's about to go down and yeah like Grant said like like even like the even baby Yoda as at the child, I guess we should say at this point, um, <laughs> uh, knows exactly what's going to happen next. He's just like, all right, yeah, this is going to get bad here in a second. So I'm just going to go ahead and peace out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, do you guys want to talk about that, that fight scene? I thought that was, I thought that was one of the coolest fight scenes and there's been like lots of really great fight scenes in season one, but, um, go what ahead. are those? Uh, I know Grant probably remembers. You might remember too, Jake, but, um, what are those little missiles? They're like called, yeah, whistling were they? sparrows or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know the exact term. It's some sort of bird that flies. I think it I is like whistling it, sparrows. I feel like it is sparrow, yeah. yeah. I'd have to look it up. And so he basically is outnumbered probably like eight to one. There's a bunch Something of like that. So he shoots off like he does in, I don't even remember what episode it is, like episode three, I think it is. Yeah. Um, And it instantly takes out all the guys except Gore Korish. Well, yeah, and there there are a couple that either don't get hit or they get up really quickly because yeah. he like he knifes one of them like he throws a knife yeah, or whatever. There's like two. 
I mean, one of them is the guy who was actually fighting. Oh, that's right. And yeah, he jumps out of the ring. Yeah. And misses so. and lands on a table. Yeah. <laughs> very WWE. Yeah, it's very wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but um I mean, I I love the whistling sparrows and I think it's a awesome weapon for yeah. sure. And but I mean, the first scene really got me hyped up, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, and I was like, Oh yeah, it's on now and then um well after our conversation I like it a little bit more than <laughs> I did at first, but but um, but you're right. He doesn't use any of his weapons um, very much for the rest of the episode. Obviously, everyone's firing on this thing at the at the yeah. end, but um, he does use his flamethrower, which I always loved the flamethrower. But he uses his flamethrower in the middle of the negotiation. Uses it for peace. <laughs> It's so funny. It's violence. Every time he like he does, he did the exact same thing when, with the with the Jawas in that one, the egg episode with the mm-hmm. the mud horn. Yeah. So like um, anyway, uh, I I just I love anytime he's using his weapons. But yeah, you're right. He didn't use very many weapons after the first scene. But uh, I loved the opening. I the we spent most of the episode on Tatooine, which is an already established world. And we got to see a new world at the beginning, and he's walking in, and there's all this graffiti and stuff, which, uh, just to go a little bit more into the lore, I'm wondering if they'll set this up, but there's some hints that um, there's basically like a droid resistance uh, forming, and it's been a like blink-and-you-miss-it references in the first season. Uh, but, you know, the whole like, oh, your kind aren't welcome in here, and uh, stuff that Solo kind of covers yeah. that a little bit more. And then on the graffiti on the that's on this town, there's a bunch of, like, depictions of, like, droids uh, being oppressed and, like, being shredded up and stuff like that. And so I'm wondering if that's going to be, if, if that's all just kind of sprinkled out for, you know, Uber fans, or if they're actually going to do something with that piece of uh-huh. lore. But the droids are getting tired of, you know, being treated this way, and there might be an uprising. But um, so That'd be all, pretty cool. All the graffiti on the wall and those little glowy-eyed wolf things, that scene was pretty cool. But then, you know, I... I thought that was a, which, by the way, um, that green cyclops guy's voiced by John Leguizamo. I don't know if you knew. Yeah, that. Yeah. I, yeah, I did not know that until the credits rolled. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so he like is like waddling out. You're like, oh <laughs> crap, he's gonna get me, and then ties him up, and he's like, you're not gonna die by my hand. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> so he gets the info that he needs, and uh, you know, he leaves him basically to hang there and get eaten by those dogs. And I was watching this with my eight year old. When he pulled the gun out with his blaster out, I thought he was gonna shoot the rope down. Yeah, to, but no, he shoots the light out yeah which brings the wolves savage dude <laughs> savage so you know he's walking away and all those dogs are kind of like help me and my eight-year-old daughter her eyes are like super <laughs> wide because she's like oh my god like and i was like you know that actually was kind of intense like i know they didn't show it but dude that's that's pretty brutal <laughs> like man the mandalorian is is not a good guy in the sense that like like Luke is a good guy. Like I mean, Mandalorian will straight up kill people. Like, and he does not think twice. Yeah, but about it's it. like, dude, if he's gonna kill that dude, he could have just shot him in the head. Yeah, true. and ended it in a second. But he's like, nah, I'm gonna let you get eaten by dogs while you're hanging upside down. I, I just tr- attribute that to honor. Like, like he did. He didn't technically lie when he said, well, like, right. I, you're not gonna die by my hands. I would rather have him <laughs> lied and shot me in the face. <laughs> yeah, than to leave no, me there with the dogs. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I thought that whole se- the. The the world there was really cool. There was a bunch of aliens in the wrestling arena. I'm just going to call it a wrestling arena. Yeah. That we'd never seen before, right? So they're not just like, hey, uh, open up the old uh, storage shed with the old Star Wars alien heads in it and put one on. Like, it was all new stuff that's been created. And I think that's that's shows a lot of uh, attention to detail. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, I failed to write it down, but um, he fights one of the in the fight scene. He actually fights one of the, um, uh, oh, Dathomir. Yeah, uh, Dar- Darth Maul's race. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Dathomirian or whatever. Yeah, like I, he, I don't know what they're actually called. Yeah, but yeah uh, I saw that little yeah, horned, horned guy. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's so cool. So yeah, th- they're really good at that kind of stuff too. About like making you feel like this is this is a galaxy of, of races. Like they're, Mm -hmm. you know, that sometimes they just all live together. Like, you know, like this kind of thing or the cantina, you know, there's, you know, a dozen different races in there and stuff like that. So, and the farther you get away from the central, like from Coruscant and the central core, the more you get to the outer rim systems, the more aliens there are. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. Um, it's, I'm so excited. Star Wars is back. Um, it's been a while since we got something. So, um, let's see. Uh, Let's talk about Easter. I, I think um, unless you guys have more that you want to talk about with the episode, I, I think maybe we'll finish with Easter eggs. But do you want to talk about Boba Fett and the like that reveal? At yeah, the end? Um, let's finish with that. Uh, let's let's go Easter eggs and then we'll t- we'll talk Boba Fett. Yeah, I, f- I forgot we haven't even talked about that uh, so, so much. But um, and a lot of the Boba Fett is like I don't know. We're gonna have to guess at some of the things because they they didn't re- they didn't give us a whole lot. They gave us the armor and then just a brief re- reveal. But yeah, let's let's end with kind of just like what we think is gonna happen. Um, but um, so I had to look some of these up because like I thought I recognized some things, but I wasn't sure. And I'm like, my Star Wars lore is good enough to to ask the question but not have the answer. Right, right. And so like um, there's that scene where um, the the droid uh, comes out. It's he's with Pally uh, Motto at the Mos Eisley. Um, starport, whatever <laughs> the garage, and um, she she's like, oh, you know, droids these days, you can't, you know, you can't find good work, or whatever. And this thing's like slowly coming out, or whatever. It's like, have we seen that droid before? And it turns out we have seen that droid before. Um, this was the droid in A New Hope when uh, I'm talking first scene in the movie where uh, Luke is looking to buy a new droid from the Jawas. The Jawas mm-hmm. have their their huge uh, thing, uh, Sands Cruiser, whatever it's called, uh, come out and um, he's he's looking you know down the line. No, not that one, not that one. He, he says, oh maybe this one. He's like, oh that one's got a bad motivator. That it's that droid. Huh? So, yeah. So that that droid like obviously it's the same planet, same town, and. Um, Evidently, I mean, the lore on this on this R five D four or whatever it's called um, ends up like I, apparently being bought and sold uh, to uh, Pelly, and then she fixed up his motivator or whatever. So yeah, it's that, pretty cool. That droid being broken changed the course of history as we know it. <laughs> yeah, because if he would have worked, and R two would have just got back on the thing, yeah. and trailed off, no, no, nothing would happen. Nothing, none of the other stuff would have <laughs> happened. Uh, you mentioned the uh, pod racer, which, um, like, when when I first saw that, I was like, "Is it, what's, what is he right? Oh, my gosh, it's half it's of a, a pod yeah, racer. It's, a P, it's one of the engines from a pod racer. And episode one, uh, and I know some people roll their eyes at this, fine. It's my opinion, okay? <laughs> I love episode one. I love the Phantom Menace, and I especially love the pod racing stuff. And when yeah. I saw that, I had... Yes, all the nostalgia stuff they were going for because I'm a, I love the prequels. It worked, and I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm yeah. like, that was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Like it, it still had the seat and like the double uh, thruster type thing, mm-hmm. the things you push on, and uh, and yet like the, the the whole right like turbine or whatever that's called was completely. Gone. Yeah, it was like modified. Yeah, yeah. It's like seeing one. Of, it's like one of some of those weird like three wheeled motorcycles or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. Uh, yeah, that was super cool. Um, 
obviously the Beskar armor, we'll get into a whole conversation about that. Uh, they mentioned Sar Sarlax and, you know, this thing ate a Sarlax. And it's essentially living in a Sarlax pit, right? Or like a cave or whatever. Yeah, I was kind of unclear on that because I was to me the, the Sarlax, all we really see of it is like a mouth, right? Yeah. That's yeah. like coming out of the pit. I never got the impression from Return, at least just from Return of the Jedi, that the Sarlax could like come up out of it. It just seemed like it was kind of built into the sand. Yeah. And so when I'm like, okay, well, the uh, crate dragon is in a tunnel, not a pit. Like, I, I didn't quite, that's something I'll probably have to, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be 500 YouTube videos about that later. So I'll have to do my, start my uh, Wikipedia <laughs> research, but I was kind of unclear on that. Um, and then obviously a lot of stuff that we've already talked about, the sand people and um, just, you know, Moss Eisley, all that kind of stuff gets Star Wars fans really revved up. But um, anything that I'm missing, we kind of talked about some of the races that we saw at Dathomir and, and whatnot, but um, I don't know if there were th things that, like people might have missed that they're listening to this and they're like, oh, I didn't know that happened or that was referenced. No, I think you covered most of the big stuff. Okay. Well, let's get into Boba Fett. So, like, this is, you know, the big reveal at the end. Um, we were already kind of ha having Boba Fett on our minds because we saw Boba, Fett, Boba Fett's armor, at least half of it, um, most of it, uh, in the hands of Marshall, uh, the Marshall. And, uh, oh, by the way, I guess I guess that's kind of an Easter egg. I, I mean, it's a whole character, but um, the Marshall has appeared in Star Wars um, uh, media before, but not on film. So um, he is a major character in the Star Wars Aftermath book. Um, oh, that's right. Which I, I, I've not read that book. Um, I'm sure um, your buddy probably has. Oh, yeah, Adam. Yeah, Adam yeah. probably has. Um, but uh, And he could probably go off on all the things about, oh, the book's different in this way or whatever. But they basically took a... Um, they didn't create a, the, a character called the Marshal. That is an actual character in, on, in like, current Star Wars canon. It's like... You know, the hundred books that you guys read when you were kids, all that's garbage. You know, Disney doesn't care about you. Right, right. <laughs> but the Aftermath book and, like, anything that's been written since Disney took over the franchise, that's all canon. And so the Aftermath book is actual Star Wars canon, and they just took that character from that book and put it in the series, which I thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah. I, not a Easter egg for me. I didn't recognize that at all. But there was actually a guy that I was I was uh, watching it with. He was like, oh, is that the Marshall from Aftermath? And I was like, okay, I, I don't know anything about this guy. So... Huh. Anyways. Yeah. I'm sure there was payoff for some people who were like, oh, I'm glad they brought this character to life. Yeah, yeah very very few people. I, I would say 10% or less. Yeah. Um, maybe less than 5%. Um, so, okay. Um, let's talk about Boba Fett. What, who, is, who is the character that you see at the end of this episode? Is it Boba? Um, is, uh, so... According to IMDb, it is. It is Boba Fett. Do they actually say it like they yes. give him credit as Boba Fett? He turns and reveals himself to be Boba Fett. I don't know how it could not be okay. Boba Fett. Like I don't know what other option there would be. I mean, they they cloned Boba is a clone. Like he's cl cloned off of Jango. Yeah. Um. Without the aging acceleration. And all of the yes, and all of the clones are also cloned off of Jango. Obviously. Yeah. So. I, I did read where some people were like, is this a clone? Like, could it just be a clone that, like, has aged up? Um, I don't think the timing of that works out very well. No. Um, because, like you said, the, the, the clones go from, like, a, you know, a, a baby in a tube, like, you know, like, until it's, like, able to be taken out They're of the tube. They're too old. They'd be dead. Yeah, and, and they, they grow up in that tube, don't they? 
No, well, not no. Gro- they're kids. Yeah, they're they're kids because you see them like learning their ABCs or That's whatever right. in episode two. Yeah, but it's rapid age acceleration. And then even in by the time uh, Rebels comes around, which is before A New Hope, I mean they're like gray beards and yeah, you know, and it's not been that long since the end of the Clone Wars yeah. for them to have aged that much. So you know, there's some talk that you know, again, we talk about retroactive uh, plot filling. That like one of the guys uh, in Return of the Jedi when they're on Endor, who you know his old guy looks like a beard, was like that's Captain Rex, and I'm like, dude, he's dead by now. Like yeah. that's way too old. <laughs> He'd been way too old by that point. So no, I don't see how. And and why would they do that? Like I mean, just every, some random clone. So, yeah. yeah, that that makes would make no well, sense. That would muddy the water so much for this plot. And like, the fact that they that would really tick off a lot of people because yeah. they, they literally tease Boba for the entire episode, yes. and then to show someone other than Boba is just like a huge slap in the face. I don't it is the same guy because when they were on Tatooine in season one and I don't remember the other bounty hunter's name, the woman that ended oh, up dying oh. and then you see feet come at the end and there's like a, almost like a spur sound and the same sound of the same feet is there at the end and everybody speculated back then that it was Boba Fett because it was Tatooine and it's a mystery person or whatever. So I don't see and then you see the actor and I can't remember his name but the guy who played all the clones and Jango and whatever in the prequels. It's there's there's no doubt in my mind that it's Boba Fett. Have you ever by the way, you know we see his face. Have you ever seen what the actual guy that played Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi looks like with his helmet off? No, like that. Yeah, he he looks like Weird Al's like uglier older <laughs> brother. Look at that. Oh that's, my! That's the actual guy. And I encourage your listeners to Google it. Google yeah. you know Boba Fett Return of the Jedi without his helmet. He looks like <laughs> he looks like Weird Al's ugly brother. Yeah, this is the and act- I'm like the actor that <laughs> that was the body double. That for was him, the, yeah. That, that was I mean was he, he was Boba voice? Fett like. Um, I don't think so. I, think no, I, I can't did, remember. Uh, someone else did the voice. Yeah, someone like, else did the voice. Like yeah. Vader, but right. But I'm like, it's not. The, I was like, oh, maybe there's like this <laughs> zero 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 point one percent chance that it'll be this weird owl looking guy that turns around. They're gonna be like, ah. Oh. Anyway, so so the the, the actor, uh, and this is confirmed in the credits. I mean, it looked like him too. But the actor is uh, Tamura Morrison, um, who played Django yeah. in, in the uh, you know episode two, I guess, of the movies, um, and so. It's the actor that played Django, but you're assuming that this is Boba because it's his son without any kind of. Well, yeah, and, and uh, Django got his head cut off, so by obviously not him. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I just so mean like I, I just mean like this, this actor is playing two characters in the Star Wars universe. So yeah, um, so yeah, it's um, you would assume that because he's a direct clone of Django that he would look exactly like the actor yeah. that played Django. Yeah, so it is, um, Phil. and it's about the right. Yeah, it is, yeah. and it's about the right age, and yeah, it's all it's all good. Yeah, so. That um, would be a major letdown if it's not him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like he this, and he wants his armor back. It would basically be the Titanic hitting an iceberg. Yeah. If yeah. it's not him. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think people would like legit like some people would be so mad they would just not like they would probably stop watching. Oh yeah. The, the <laughs> exciting thing to me about his reveal is that his survival is now canonized. Yeah. Like people have wanted, you know, for, I mean, as long as I've been a Star Wars fan my whole life, people are always like, man, uh, why did he die in the Sarlacc pit? We bet he survived. Expanded Universe stuff had him surviving, you know, and of course the prequels like went into his backstory, in my opinion, completely unnecessarily. Like, 
George Lucas did not anticipate that Boba Fett was going to be a popular character. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. he wouldn't have done what he did. Right. But he's like, well, I guess this will sell toys, so sure, have some Boba Fett stuff. Uh, but he wasn't, like, really into that character. He didn't try. That happened just organically that that character took off. And so for, for decades, for my whole life, people have been like, oh, I want Boba Fett to be alive in my heart. And now <laughs> he is. Like, it's canon. Yeah. It's never been, like officially yes he lived so in in some of the star wars books like he he is written as a character that does survive the sarlacc and like like escape from it somehow but then all obviously all those books none of those books are canon correct anymore. like yes. they, uh, disney erased all that they were history. never really necessarily because they're like legends the, or something yeah right? well yeah but even then like the eu different authors would write different books and so like they would you know conflict one another yeah. and so there wasn't there was almost kind of like this you know, uh, by consensus agreed upon canon. It's like, well, these books are the best ones and the most popular, so we'll go with that. But somebody else can still write a book that says something opposite, and maybe we'll take elements. It was just kind of a fun thing, you know? Yeah. But, and now, now that we have, like, this is official canon, this is... So that's what I'm saying. Like, this was a big deal. Yeah. Like, Boba Fett being here and, and surviving the Sarlacc pit is a... In the Star Wars universe is a really big deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's honestly almost really on par of like Darth Maul's return. Yes, like, where like he's alive. Yes. Um. So I I think as as much as people loved again Darth Maul is a character that, you know, he's introduced and killed off in the same movie. Minimal screen time. Yeah, and and I don't think Lucas had any idea that he would take off, and all of a sudden everyone loves Darth Maul. And yeah. It's like, okay, in the Clone Wars we're gonna bring him back. Yeah. Um. You know, he turns out he was alive this whole time. You know, or they were able to bring him back from the dead, basically. Right. But um. Yeah, so somehow he there's unanswered questions that hopefully we'll get the answers to. One is how did he survive? There's no chance of survival in the Sarlacc, but somehow he survived. Um, did the Beskar armor save him? Like, yeah, what what happened? Um, so how how did he survive? How did he get out? Which I I I would love to know that story. Um, does the crate dragon have anything to do with it? Because they talk about how it eats Sarlaccs. Was that just a throwaway line, or does that have something to do with you know the backstory? Um, how did the, how did he lose the armor? Cause like, like it, if he, if the armor saves his life and inside of the Sarlacc and he escapes, he uses the jetpack to get himself out or something like that. He would still have the armor, he, but he doesn't. The Jawas have the armor. So like, how did the Jawas well, barely find it? If he barely survived, maybe they could have picked it off his, di- you know, Pulled he's like, it off of his body. Like, I can't move. I'm dying out here yeah. in the heat. And they're like, all right, well you're still alive, but we're just going to take this and go. Yeah. Um, what other are there other unanswered questions? Um, no, I guess I, I guess g- general questions like what has he been doing all this time? You know, a lot of time has passed. He was like, so. it, I had a near death experience, and I just kind of <laughs> want to be in my hut. And uh, I retired. I, yeah, I mean, for real, if he's been on Tatooine this whole time, or at least is still hanging out there, because that's not where he's from. Yeah, you know, so it's like, I, of course, there's all these unanswered questions. Now, I think he's that, been there for years. Not maybe not a ton of years, but several. I think, and this is. Um, kind of spoil it a little bit for my like closing thoughts, but about what they're going to do with this. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so Baby Yoda is the most popular character from this and probably like the Disney Star Wars, like Baby Yoda is the most like popular <laughs> oh, character yeah. in all of like Disney Star Wars. And I, I'm starting to think that they're not going to like resolve the whole what is baby Yoda's species and returning him to his home and we wave goodbye as mama Yoda now cuddles him and all this <laughs> stuff like I don't think that that's going to be resolved by the end of season two because I'm starting to agree with you I, I if, if this episode had been a different kind of episode yes. I would maybe disagree but I, after we saw what we saw and setting up what is probably a Boba Fett season yes 
that's exactly where I'm going with this because they want they they don't want to resolve um, all of the Baby Yoda stuff too quickly, right? They want to yeah. they want to draw that out, and so now another like cool thing that they can draw out that people are interested in is the Mandalorian lore, and of course Boba Fett himself, right? So it's like okay, we'll we'll keep Baby Yoda along, and I think as time goes on, they're gonna feed us little things about you know where he's from or powers in the Force or why the Empire's looking for him. But I think by the end of the season, the food we will have have eaten and consumed the red meat is going to be more about a what's going on with the Mandalorian race and, and Mandalorian lore altogether uh, where Boba Fett has been and how he survived and getting to see Boba Fett do stuff probably with Din Djarin, right? Yeah. That's going to be when, when season two is done and we're talking again in December or whatever, we're going to be like, wow, we know a lot more about Boba Fett. Got to see Boba Fett do some cool stuff. By the way, that cliffhanger about baby Yoda for season three. Yeah. So I, I just think that they're going to draw that out because that is the biggest draw to the show and they can't, they can't wrap that up in season two. They just can't. And yeah. And if there there are some rumors that I've been reading that um, the actor that plays Din Djarin, the Mando, mm-hmm. um, had some like disagreements uh, like mid season with the creators of the show and like really wanted to be out of the armor more because the armor is yeah, like super too. uncomfortable and whatever. I mean, it's it's super super rumor, right? So who knows? Yeah. But there are rumors that like basically mid season he starts to like be featured less, which is kind of hard to do because he's the main character of the show. But if you have a the, the only character, if that rumor is true, and they're like, okay, we're going to start phasing out the main character of the show or present him differently or whatever they're going to do, the only, the only possible substitute that could like take his place or get more screen time in a show called The Mandalorian uh-huh. is Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah, even though he's not technically Mandalorian, he's, he has Mandalorian armor. Well, and even that, like, um, is still kind of up for debate. Because, I mean, yeah. Din Djarin's not technically a Mandalorian. It's a creed, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how much Boba Fett, uh, you know, was abiding by that creed or was a part of, you know, the way or whatever, uh, they still have a lot of room to fill that in and write that story. Like, that's more of like a... Uh, it's kind of like when people are like... They they say oh the Bible says blah 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 and it's like that actually is not in there that's just yeah. something that yeah. your grandma used to say yeah <laughs> they, I I feel like Boba Fett isn't a real Mandalorian is not something that's ever really been codified in Star Wars lore yeah. to a point where they couldn't do what they want to do with it at this point yeah yeah um it, it's so crazy to me like literally this time last week um the thing I was the most excited to see as far as like cameo other characters and stuff like that was Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> like they, they, they keep saying like Ahsoka is going to be in this. Oh, I want that so bad. Yeah. And, and like she, um, she's not been revealed in any of the trailers, but like other characters that uh, there's this mystery, like female character that appears in one of the trailers. Yes. And maybe that's, um, uh, what's her face from, from Mandalore, like the girl that kind of helps. Um, Bo-Katan. Yes. So maybe it's maybe that's Bo-Katan, maybe it's not. Um, and But we've not seen Ahsoka Tana. We know that Rosario Dawson is casted to play her and that she does appear as her. But maybe just for a half of an episode or maybe four episodes, we have no idea. And so like I was going into this episode, I was like, we probably won't see Ahsoka Tano in this episode, but maybe we'll see her at the very end of the episode. 
We did see a new character at the end of the episode, but it wasn't Ahsoka Tano. Sure. It, it was Boba Fett. So, um, yeah, somehow they're going to use Boba Fett and Ahsoka Tano, maybe not at the same time, and 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 possibly Bo-Katan weave all these characters into a narrative in only eight or nine episodes. So Yeah, I, I think that'll be, be closer to the end of the season. I think that the, fir- that the first part of the season is going to focus heavy on blasters and armor and Mandalore-type stuff, and then... As the season finale approaches, we're going to start getting more into the Force and mm. that kind of stuff because uh, you have Ahsoka Tano possibly appearing. Of course, we need to find out more about Baby Yoda. And so I think that's going to be more of a season three theme yeah. is finding out about, you know, okay, who's what what Jedi are still around and how does that... And let's not forget yeah. that, like, the Mandalorians and the Jedi are not friends. Like, they have a history of, like, trying to kill each other and hunt yeah. each other, and there's a lot that, that goes into that, too. So, by the way, Grant, speaking of Mandalorian lore... Uh, you said you're not going to watch Clone Wars, which is fine. Like it is a lot, and it and it is a high bar for entry because the first couple seasons are are a little bit of a struggle to get through. Yeah, but I would recommend, especially if you are interested in like Mandalorian stuff, mm-hmm. just watch the last four episodes of the Clone Wars. If you if you know you're never going to go back and watch the whole thing, watch the last four episodes because it's about the siege of Mandalore. Yeah, okay. uh, and it and it basically takes it parallels. Uh, while Order 66 is going on, mm-hmm. it shows you what is going on in other places during Order 66, and they are just finishing the Siege of Mandalore. You'll be able you're, to Google, you know, if you're like, wait, yeah. I don't know who that is or whatever, Google can fill it in for you. Those four episodes are amazing, and there's a lot of Mandalorian-related stuff in those episodes. Yeah, okay. It, it's a good pairing with the Mandalorian, especially since they showed some of the Siege of Mandalore yeah. in season one. It's, it's like movie quality. Like, yeah. the, those four episodes are some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I have to check that out. Yeah, yeah they're really good. Uh, also on Disney+. Plus. Um, so right. Yes, right. Easy, easy to watch. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see where they go with Baby Yoda. Um, he's going to get his lightsaber, and he's going <laughs> to kick butt. Season, a, little ti- a tiny one, a little tiny lightsaber. And no, he'll that's... never be defeated. Uh, that seems like a, a stretch for a single season, but uh, we'll see. Um, uh, he's going to go on a kyber crystal mission. And... <laughs> uh, I cannot wait till... Uh, he's going to find little Ray at the end of the <laughs> oh <my> season. <laughs> No. You know what? Honestly, I wouldn't be like there's all kinds of rumors about how they're going to try to like tie in some of this with the lore of yeah. like I I do think that the first order will be a thing by yes. the time the show is over. Well, uh, Moff Gideon is clearly a precursor to the, the, the first, first order. order. Yeah. So I, yeah. I know that's going to but there's some other like and these are far-fetched, but I never far-fetched any room because I remember when episode seven came out and they're like, what if Ray is a Palpatine? And I'm like, whatever, <laughs> like that's never going to happen. It's like, oh, well, I guess they decided at the last minute to make that a thing. <laughs> so so I never like, you know, discount this, but there's um, like some stuff that like tying baby Yoda to Snoke. Okay. And like that's why that the Empire is looking for Baby Yoda is to like figure out some force stuff so that way Zombie Palpatine can like use that power to make Snoke or whatever. Wow. Like that's yeah. that's kind of far out there, yeah, but and stretch, again, but... spoilers maybe, possibly, hopefully not. Because Baby Yoda, I don't, Yoda's I don't want that to be a thing. Please, <laughs> please don't let that be a thing in this show. Baby Yoda's gonna who knows? set Ray on her path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, I. 
uh, one thing I'm definitely a moment I'm looking forward to in the future is because I'm assuming this is going to happen, but uh, where Ahsoka Tano sees Baby Yoda for the first time. Oh yeah! Like I cannot wait wait to see what her reaction is. Yeah. Um, she literally knew Master Yoda well. Like they were yes. like they were close, and so um, you know got a lot of training directly from him. And so um, you know Anakin being her you know actual you know master, but like she interface with Yoda a lot and so I, I cannot wait to see what her reaction is I my get here's my guess um because you know you could go a couple different ways of like her interpretation of who is this person um you know is this a clone is this a uh you know time traveling thing or whatever like it's been all these theories but my guess is that her her reaction is there's more there's more of them like because I, I think she like I think she legit could probably believe that there was only Yoda and his wife yeah or whatever yeah i don't know i think that george <laughs> george lucas kind of put that in without thinking and now it's probably like oh, i wish that wouldn't have been in there but we, we've seen technically yeah there was another one that was a female <laughs> named yaddle in episode one like in the background on where the i don't even know if they were married there was just an, uh, there was just a female version. i don't think it's ever said it's just a female of the species yeah. i don't think it was ever said so but there's been um like literally three of them and um and ahsoka's seen two and she probably thinks that they're the last of their race so uh yeah i cannot wait to see what how she reacts to baby yoda but um so yeah cool lots of cool things ahead um we obviously we're going to cover all of it on this on this podcast so um we will um definitely be covering episode two next week it'll probably be half of the discussion tonight uh, uh then uh, as we did uh this morning but um we uh obviously wanted to dedicate a whole episode to mandalorian it's back and we're super excited about it i knew this would be you know, we've been recording for almost an hour and a half. I knew this would be an hour and a half conversation because there's just a lot to talk about when it comes back. There's no other way um, to do it. So, yeah, there'll be, I'm sure, some big moments in, se- in episode two, but um, we'll cut the conversation a little bit shorter, about 30 or 40 minutes. Um, the topic for next week is, actually, we mentioned it a couple times already in this episode. Just I didn't I didn't tell you guys. It's just kind of a, a weird happenstance. But uh, we're actually going to cover Endgame um, next week. Oh, so, wonderful. Yeah. So, I, and that, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that because I've only seen Endgame once. <laughs> and I remember, I've seen um, Infinity War twice. Um, and I remember more of that movie. Both times with me. Yes. <laughs> and um, Endgame was such an interesting experience <laughs> watching it with 2D glasses on. Um, that's a whole story that we've covered on. on 2D glasses yes. on? You're wa- this, this story has been talked about twice on the on the podcast okay. already, so I'll tell you after the show. Well, I but- can't listen to anything Marvel related because <laughs> I don't want spoilers, so I'm going to sp- I'm gonna have to skip that episode. Okay. I All haven't right. seen anything Marvel since Iron Man 3. So. Oh, man. Okay. okay, you have a lot of catching up to do. I'm like a decade behind. Um, so we are going to talk about Endgame uh, next week with Jack, and the rumor is, I, we'll see, um, no promises, but uh, Miller may also come on the Wonderful. podcast. Wonderful. So, um, I don't know if Miller will chat about Mandalorian or not. I'm assuming he's watching it, but he would definitely loves Endgame and wants to talk about it. So there may be four of us on the podcast uh, next week with uh, Jack's son, Miller. So Wonderful. Uh, we'll get a 10-year-old um, uh, perspective as well. That'd be fun. So, um, so yeah, we're... Uh, uh, typically we do what else are you watching on Disney Plus? I actually have like a big thing that I watched on Disney Plus this week, but I'll save it for next week um, as we went kind of long on this episode. Uh, and um, and then we'll be back next week for Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2, and Avengers Endgame with Jack and hopefully Miller as well. So thanks Sweet. for listening, and we'll see you next week for that. 